The December jobs report surprised to the upside and unemployment actually dropped, which was a little bit of a surprise for some Wall Street economists. But now all the talk is, will we have interest rate cuts this year? Because when the Fed meets, and right now Wall Street is thinking March is when we're going to see that first rate cut, is today's jobs report going to delay that? And if so, what's that mean for the markets? Welcome everyone to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and chilly Scottsdale, Arizona. I got to tell you, Toby, I don't see it, but whatever. <laughs> Anyhow. 52 wait, degrees is 22 for you, okay? There you go. There you go. Well, our guest today uh, actually is thinking, because she did a lot of analysis on a potential interest rate cut or actually looking at the broader rate structure and wondering what that means for real estate. Nicole Middendorf is joining us today, CEO from Prosper Wealth Financial out of Minnetonka, Minnesota. I know it's cold there, Nicole. I mean, because I'm cold here in Buffalo. I'm sure you're feeling it there as well. But thanks for joining the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've got the turtleneck on. It's 33 degrees, but no snow. There you go. Okay. Well, maybe that'll come Isn't later this, on. Isn't this a new do a little bit, Nicole? Does this, it what? The new do, a little new hair uh, program? No, same old, same old, same old. Okay. Uh, going to, I'm going a little darker because it's winter. <laughs> it's gloomy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Just yeah. like the drinks. You got to have the dark drinks right now until Memorial Day. <laughs> So, yeah. but Nicole, I do want to start with you because we have uh, clearly today's jobs report that came out surprised the upside. Participation rate actually did drop, which explains the uh, drop in unemployment. But you have an interesting analysis because all the talk is wondering if we're going to have interest rate cuts. But you seem to think that interest rates are just going to go down on their own. But you also are looking further into this. Can you explain to the audience uh, what you were uh, what you explained uh, to us earlier? Yeah, so it's specifically like the real estate market. We have a pro like we have a problem. We have people that can't afford to live in homes. And so how is that all going to fix? And for that to get fixed, one of three things needs to happen is income for people needs to go up over 60%. It's 68%. Well, that's what? like not that's not possible. Like that's not going to happen. The second thing that would need to happen is the real estate market would need to go down and correct over 30%. It was 32%. There well, you go. Uh, you know, that, that, I don't know that it's going to go down 30 some percent, but the third thing is rates need to come down to four and a half. Well, none of mortgage those rates. Things, mortgage rates. Have yes. To come down. Mortgage okay. rates. Mortgage rates need to come down to four and a half. And you have to look at this from a perspective. Like people are panicking in my eyes. Like, they're like, oh my God, rates are so high. Rates are so high. Like if you look historically, rates on average mortgage rates are 6%. So, you know, if, if right now you're getting a mortgage at 7.99, like it really isn't from a long-term perspective, like that's not the end of the world. We just got so used to rates of under three and 3%. And so if you look at like one of those three things happening, I don't know. I don't see incomes really going up. I do see the real estate market correcting and I see rates coming down, not mortgage rates coming down to four and a half, but rates are, yes, going to come down. I don't know if it's going to be this first round, but at some point this year, I mean, they're going to, they're going to have to, and I'm already, we're already seeing it with like CD rates and things like that. So. Yeah. Todd, I, I will say that it feels like the people, first off, the six rate cuts, 
I don't know what they're smoking, but they're got, they have much better drugs than I do. For a variety of reasons, starting just with the idea that same person says there's going to be six rate cuts, says we're going to have a 5,200, you know, S&P. Well, right. dude, the reason why we have six rate cuts is if we have a freaking depression or a mm -hmm. massive, you know, shutdown in the economy. And they would do that the way they did that, you know, in, in front of the pandemic, et cetera. So you can't have both of, of, of this, in, in my opinion. You can't expect now what you can expect is that the you know the core inflation that nicole's point that's holding everything up is rents leases mortgage shelter costs and shelter costs are 54 percent of the core now they have to come down and and so that's the intrigue here if interest rates come down mortgage rates come down that makes places more affordable which puts a yeah. bid into the market for housing mm -hmm. and at the same time, if if rates are coming down, then interest-sensitive sectors uh, will do better, and in sectors particularly that you know that are on variable rate, uh, you know, uh, loans, etc. So they will come down. But the people sitting with the the forty percent of people who own their homes for cash don't care. The people the seven thirty-two percent on top of that that finance their houses with less than a two percent freaking mortgage. They're not moving. Yeah. So we still have the same intractable problem is that the only new homes that are being built are built in areas like here out in North Scotts and other places where A, people are coming in from California with cash and buying them for cash. Yeah. Or you're out in Bufu nowhere. And yeah, you got a great house, but it takes you 70 minutes, you know, to go to the shopping center. It, you know, it, 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 it's not a simple uh, 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 formula, but yeah. that's why people are moving to, Oklahoma, Tulsa. Uh, look, do you see some of the numbers now? Um, uh, well, Nicole? and even out of the country, even out of the country, people are moving to less expensive locations to be able to af afford it. Because, I mean, you go to the grocery store and you're buying a little thing of freshly cut pineapple, and it costs you twelve dollars. <laughs> I mean, it's it's astronomical. Well, Nicole, you're you're living high end, okay? Those, those <laughs> of us that in the in the middle class, we actually buy the pineapple and we cut it ourselves. I do do that sometimes, but the other day I did not have time to cut the pineapple. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and All right. pineapple is the I'm best. You. I'm done for, that was a bad shot. Pi but. Pineapple well, is the best for to boost your metabolism. So okay. <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. Totally well, I, I gotta say, when we saw when we saw the number come out today. The markets clearly sold off because there was that uncertainty, wondering, okay, how could the Fed possibly start cutting rates because the the economy seems to be so healthy right now? And I think that's where the the, the really where the conundrum is for Wall Street right now, and that's why we haven't started off so well in equities. We we clearly missed the Santa Claus rally, but now as we move forward this year. The, and you're right, Toby, talking about six rate cuts. I mean, it's that means they got to get started in March. And I don't see it happening because the economy continues to be well, at least strong or healthy yeah. moving forward, at least. Through well, the, the Todd, there were two forward. things in this appointment part that you deep, go deeply into it. One was, was that the number of immigrants who took new jobs was almost at a historic rate. And I got some feedback from subscribers and some clients saying, remember, the damn immigrants are taking all our jobs. Really? Come on, man. Yeah. The boomers. No one else will work. No, no one, one else, else will work. work. No <laughs> one who doesn't want to work. The 40% own the homes free and clear. They're not working. The, the Many of the boomers, we got 10,000 turning 65 every day till 2031. You got yeah. 5,000 turning 70. They're not going to take the freaking sweat and hustle job. 
Um, and, you know, I don't know if you remember this history of people out there, but, you know, this is an immigrant country. I'm from Northern Ireland. The Scottish and the Irish got together and came over here in 1789. You can Dude. tell this is a Friday show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. We don't have enough babies. We have 37% of kids between 21 and 30 living at home. You know, <laughs> I get it. I Why would it. you expect anything else? So, Nicole, for for your investors, I mean, they like I'm sure they're like most most people. We've been hearing about this five trillion dollars that's sitting in money market funds. Mm -hmm. I was asking Dr. Ed the other day on on the show on buy hold sell. We were wondering what I want to ask you. What are your clients doing? Are they still in cash? They missed the rally in the fourth mm -hmm. quarter, or are they starting to get back into equities? People are starting to get back in. But people overall are holding more cash, particularly in their non-retirement accounts. I still am seeing tons of people that have, like, we just had another new client that called today, 200 grand in her checking account. Right. Wow. And, and I, you know, the, we went through this pandemic and people are like, oh my God. And so, and then the talk of inflation out there just that, that scares people. And so a lot of people are kind of hoarding money. Now, having said that, I'm also seeing, like you look at the, the statistics that show savings rates are going down and credit card debt is going up. And so that is not a good thing. But overall, people are very cautiously optimistic about where we are and investing their money. I mean, that's where, you know, we're still doing lots of structured CDs. We're still doing buffered ETFs, you know, investing oh, wow. money. With some with some protection around it, because the average person is a little is a little scared and nervous. The other thing too, we're also seeing is a lot of people are having sudden layoffs that they were not prepared for, Expecting, and yeah. there's and there's this talk that more and more of that may be coming. Yeah, right sizing after the the craze. I, I, I will say this: client come in, uh, and uh, a new client client same dealio, and this is like you know three four million bucks, right? She's got a million dollars. And because she was so smart, she bought those 5%, uh, uh, you know, six month CDs, et cetera. But I, I said, honey, you live in California. Do you understand you didn't earn 5%? Your income level and, it's, and your uh, investment income, after you pay tax in California, and then after you pay the federal tax, and then you pay the tax because you didn't uh, take any money out of these accounts. So now you're going to, you have to, you owe more taxes. You're probably going to make 2%. Whereas if you were, you know, with us being very tactical all during the year, you'd be up 40% and it would be in your IRA or be in your Roth and you wouldn't do that. And and she looked at me, start, you know, I'm about to cry. I said, who was your advisor? I mean, you, it was telling you you're just getting rich on 5%. Wait till you see that tax bill, girlfriend. So right, well, definitely there's going to be a lot of that, that, uh, happening. Don't you think, Nicole, that people are going to mm -hmm. say, oh, and gee, I, I totally forgot about that. Right. And also, I mean, you talked about the number of people turning 65. There, There's a lot of those people that are business owners and they're passing their business on in the next generations. And that particularly here in Minnesota, we're so high taxed yeah. that that's a, that's a huge issue. So we're seeing a lot of like gifting of the stock of the business mm -hmm. into that next generation. Lots of succession planning talk. Wow. 
I'm sure of that. Well, listen, we're going to leave it there on this block because coming up next, we have to ask Nicole if she's going to start changing her allocation for her clients based off of the jobs number and potential of interest rates dropping. But with us today, Nicole Middendorf. She is the CEO of Prosper Wealth Financial out of Minnetonka, Minnesota. And we will be right back after the break. Please stay with us. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast on any given day in washington policy proposals are created debated and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one? Hey, this is Jeff Hurst, Editor-in-Chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. you got to listen to Todd and Toby on Buy, Hold, Sell. But the December jobs report surprised on the upside, and we actually saw our first update of the year on Wall Street. Must be because of our guest, because uh, she obviously brought the good luck for not just this show, but also for all the traders out there. But with us today is Nicole Minendorf. She is the CEO of Prosper Wealth Financial out of Minnetonka, Minnesota. You can go to prosperwealth.com to see all of Nicole's offerings and what she has to say there. But Nicole, when we left off on the last block, we were talking about the potential of rates dropping and what that could possibly mean for real estate. You're an avid reader. You read all the time. You're just like Toby. Toby, I think, is an actual <laughs> professional reader. I am a professional reader. Knowledge. Absolutely. Just the knowledge is just coming in. You actually read something, though, that as optimistic as everyone is right now, this actually drew some concern for you. Can you explain to the audience what the article was about? Yeah, I mean, everything I see this year is like this year is going to be good. It's you know great. Like everyone's very optimistic. But it was this whole booklet and it really looked at like the next 10 years. 
And I had to stop. Re- it took me a couple of nights <laughs> to read it because I had to stop reading it because I was getting so depressed. <laughs> it was like doom and gloom, you know, because I'm looking at where am I? Where am I in my career? And I'm getting closer to retirement. I'm like, seriously, like I'm in the prime. Like this is supposed to be like the best next 10 years for me. I'm like, seriously, like single digit returns, you know, things aren't going to be great. Everything from population to politics to you name it. It was very doom and gloom. <laughs> for the next what were they selling though, Nicole? What were really? they selling? Yeah, mutual, fund, mutual funds investment. Oh, okay, yeah, but it's a yeah. mutual fund yeah. that, that is set up for prosperity. Yeah, that's short. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Remember, financial publisher here, uh, editor for twenty five years. I'll I'll put together a, a report, research report, etc., and then you give it to the copywriters, and and they would take like one sentence out of the thing and try to get a headline, and then mm-hmm. they either you know there's we only have one emotion in investing. It's fear. It's either fear of loss mm-hmm. or fear of fear of you know FOMO missing out. So if you're trying to get headlines, just take that one first paragraph and scare the crap out of people, or mm-hmm. say that if you don't do this now, you're going to miss out on this bonanza and you're going to be poorer than that poor schlub your brother-in-law you can't stand. Uh, you know, it's it's copywriting, um, and you know I I I think people should actually have to read a two-page disclaimer that says if you're going to if you're going to be subscribing to financial publications, remember that they're, they're going to try to scare the crap out of you or they're kind of trying to hit your greed button uh, yeah. and you need to be able to pull back like my my camera shot is right here. <laughs> Cameraman has uh, been at happy hour. <laughs> For those that are listening, you definitely want to watch the video. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Nicole, I mean, so you're reading this, it makes you depressed, brings you down, but overall, you still seem to be optimistic. What's your take? To, what are you telling your clients for 2024? Is now a good time to be in equities or should everybody stay on the sidelines? Well, we are finding that a lot of people have a lot of cash. And with anything, it's never best to just like, if you have 200 grand sitting in your checking account, it doesn't mean like go tomorrow or Monday and put yeah. all that money into the market. <laughs> it's looking at, okay, where where did I end up for last year? Where am I? And what, um, where are there some opportunities or what am I short in? Because I'm really finding a lot of people don't pay enough attention to their money, in my opinion. And it, you know, you, most of the time, especially if you have a couple, you have a husband and wife and they're adding to their retirement plans, their 401ks, their IRAs, they're busy with their kids. They've got their 529 plans. And it's like, you need to really take an assessment of where you are. And it's, it surprises me, but it doesn't. The amount of people that when, when I meet them, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are you like this couple the other day? I'm like, are you kidding me? You've been adding one, the, the wife had not been adding to her retirement plan at her work. They're, they're super high income. So one, they're just hurting themselves tax wise, but then they had, they had over 50% of their money invested internationally. And so so many times it's pay attention, you know, d- just all of a sudden, okay, if I have all this cash, it doesn't mean throw it in. It's really take a good assessment of where are you? Where are you short? Where are you missing? And what pieces could make the most sense for you for your puzzle? Did you say pieces or pieces? I couldn't, I couldn't tell. Piece, pieces oh, okay. for your puzzle. <laughs> so, you know, my favorite one was someone also recently came in and, and their uh, Asian background and they were buying the dip in China, you know, the dip in 2021, the dip in 2022, the dip in 23. And uh, I was like, do you ever look at this stuff? I mean, or, or what's your premise that all of a sudden 
China's going to change or this deep polarization is going to change or the fact that they don't have enough children or all that stuff. And and it's it's almost like you they get a meme in their head. Man, you're going to make a lot of money in China. And they just keep doing it. Uh, and they probably lost 400 grand uh, just, you know, by being 25 percent in China because. God damn it. I'm going to be right one of these days, right? You ever get those like the stubborn? I know it's going to be happening. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I, I'd advise you go to someone who will <laughs> will take care of your psychological problems. because the, yeah. the, That's not what I do. Okay. So. That's funny. That's funny. So, Nicole, what about the presidential election? You know, Jeffrey Hirsch has uh, said, um, and regardless of who you're favoring yeah. or whatever, that's not the point, but... But Jeff actually brought up a good point from the Stock Traders Almanac that for the incumbent, as long as they run, the S&P historically has gone up 8%. If they don't run, then you see the S&P drop 1.5%. I know a lot of people are still scratching their heads wondering if Biden's still running. But do you get a lot of clients that are asking you about this? Because one thing that we've noticed with the guests coming on by Hold Sell is that this is a, a recurring theme. They do bring up the election, the election mm-hmm. cycle, and how that can impact equities. But what do you think? Yep. I feel like every four years, my world is like, oh, everything's great because it's an election year. But that really, I mean, that really is the truth. I don't want to say like, you know, you have all these statistics of like who was yeah. running, who got elected, you know, and I feel like people put too much weight on the presidential election. I feel like, you know, what can one person actually change but it's that leader that like drives us to where we are and you know helps and makes changes from taxes you you know policies you name it but i feel like people put so much emphasis too much emphasis on election and historical results but yes historically an election year is always a good thing for the market yeah i I mean it's a better year when the president and the uh and the congress are on the same team because Mm -hmm. then they spend a lot more um, uh, and so if you take Jeffrey's uh, almanac numbers, who've been just dead right on everything, yeah. and you, then you go to the way when they both, uh, you know, the same parties in charge, those are really good years. Uh, so it, 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 because, you know, the, the, the stuff, the, you know, all, all the, the, the money that's going to certain areas, the, the, the graph, excuse me, I mean, money going to uh, other projects, um, so it, it does historically, but also somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, let's take the other side of it, which is, you know, as goes January, so goes the, the year. I, I think I think first off, they're disregarding the fact that we had a nine-week run, on, which is uh, historically very rare. And people who pay taxes were saying, you know, I'm not really going to take that $500,000 uh, profit I have in NVIDIA that went up for me. You know, to, I, won, I think we're up 270% in NVIDIA. Uh, And I said, you know, let's do something else unless you have some, you know, other stuff you can go against that. But whatever you do, don't sell it on December 30th, you bonehead. Um, (laughs) And it's but this is I'm I'm just saying this is a natural course of a a melt up. And then Mm -hmm. the short term investors who were momentum and the algorithms were running the money for them. Right. Instead, we just keep piling on, keep piling on, keep piling on. We move our sell stuff, sell stuff. That, and and that's one segment of the market. Nicole's segment of the market, a whole different crew. Nobody's day trading, I assume, in your uh, organization. Mm-hmm. Um, no. and, or, or the algorithms aren't, you know, buying momentum. My favorite one is when you, uh, uh, yesterday, uh, 84% of all trades 
on the NASDAQ and New York Stock Exchange were algorithmic. Wow. Um, because, wow. Because the algorithm said, if you've been above the 20-day moving average for right. you know, six mm -hmm. weeks in a row and it drops, you sell, and particularly if it's a new year, right? So it's hard to explain to people that there is a market of stocks and there's the 80% plus uh, that trade not based on the fundamentals, not based on mm -hmm. the company, not based on their macroeconomic. It's just rule-based. Yeah. And, and some of the biggest hedge funds in the world are just rule-based. And if they decide on Tuesday to sell NVIDIA, it's going to be down 15, you know, 10%. Mm -hmm. Right. Who cares? right. You, also have people, you also have people that are selling for their, like, their life. Like they're, they're taking their RMDs in the beginning of the year. They're selling because they had gains or what, you know, they're selling in their non-retirement accounts to add to their Roth IRAs. I mean, there's so many different, we're having yeah. lots of clients that are selling for, you know, lots of people are like, I've had it and I'm taking my kids on this trip or I'm doing these right, things. Right. And That's there's, you know, lots of um, paying off debt. I mean, lots, lots of liquidations these, these first couple of days of this year. Interesting. Right. Well, but but that makes sense though. There, there's mm -hmm. a reason to it's do totally. it. It's totally. It's historic. Yeah. It like happens every you know every January. As much as much money as we have coming in of people adding to their IRAs and they're starting their contributions for the, that year. We also have tons of people that are pulling money out for the RMDs and do you know just living their life. What, what are the RMDs? I'm sorry. Required minimum distributions. Oh oh oh! I'm sorry. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I was hearing so, D, not D. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Chinese. Yeah, you're, you're not. You're not that. You're not that old yet. <laughs> yeah, you you got a few years. Yeah. <laughs> Holy mackerel! Okay, all right. So, something to look to forward to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, listen, I'm I'm the biggest proponent of the Roth, uh, and I, I I'll do the math for people uh, if they have some losses, and we can roll you know some of these into a, a Roth, and then. These weekly uh, dividend ETFs, I know you're familiar, just roll, roll, roll. The freaking compound return is stupid, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and uh, we had Yield Max on, we've had Defiance on, uh, and I, I, they really turned me on to this for a Roth. It's just ridiculous. The, the annual, the compounded return on, let's say, their top five ETFs, we just got our, uh, we had, for $100 million, we got uh, 2.8, excuse me, $3.8 million in dividends just from $100 million. Mm -hmm. So do that math, right? Um, right. And, and then we reinvest it. Uh, yeah. And um, because, you know, it, uh, the, with the day the dividend goes, uh, or the day the dividend exit dividend, the price comes down, et cetera. So then when they pay, we re we reinvest, but they're un the underlying stocks we we own anyway as well. It's pretty hard to beat, man. I mean, it's yeah. pretty hard to beat. You got that right. So, Nicole, before we close out the show, I have to ask you: favorite sectors for twenty twenty four? What are you telling your clients? Technology, healthcare, like that's. I mean, that's where you just look at. Even though people are getting older, <laughs> people are getting older. I mean, the amount of people that are. We have a client who's in her 80s who's having her total her total shoulder replaced on Monday. So healthcare, healthcare and tech. And at okay. the same standpoint, like consumer staples, like taking that from a standpoint of like, okay, like people are not going to be spending money like they were before, in my opinion. So playing playing those dividend stocks. Okay. But it, within like it. within healthcare, because healthcare sucked last year, as you know. Um mm -hmm. you know, pharmaceutical, biotech, GLP one. You know, uh, for instance, we're long Amgen. We've been long, you know, Novo for a while. We've, uh, but Amgen also has a very exciting GLP-1 uh, weight loss drug. 
that's about 30 days away from, um, I think, or 30 to 60 to be approved. Uh, and it, it sells at much lower than its normal uh, uh, price earnings ratio. They're going to sell direct just the way Lily just uh, started uh, this mm-hmm. week. Um, dude, yeah. I, I told Todd, I made a beef wellington for 10 people for New Year's. I got the foie in there. I got the duck cells in there, et cetera. Turned out that six of the people are on freaking vitamin O, Ozempic, and they only ate half of what they normally would eat. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still like, you know, I've got the freezer, refrigerator full of freaking beef wellington. You can only eat that so many days, Todd. I'm just telling you right well, now. I'll be over there on Monday for the championship game. So Okay. <laughs> There you go. So we're going to leave it there on the show, guys. So we want to thank you, Nicole, for joining us today. I said it all. We want to invite the audience to go to prosper.com, prosperwell.com to uh, to see what Nicole has to uh, say there and and of her um, her offerings there well, as well. And, and send her a send her an email when it's minus twenty in the next uh, four days. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Funny, funny. <laughs> <laughs> But Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Hope so. thank we you. can't wait Cheers. to have you back. So, yeah, so on behalf you. of Nicole Bidendor and Tobin Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. <laughs> Nicole Bidendor. <laughs> thank you once again for joining us on Buy Hold Show. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. We have Sam Stovall, Jeffrey Hurst, Gina Martin Adams are joining the show. Can't wait to have you back again as well. Take care. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.